going to ask you, I've done this before a, a few times, but this is a familiar story to, to most, if not all of us. It's Jesus riding into Jerusalem, you know, we waved the palms, we had our own little parade to celebrate that. But as you hear the story given here in the 19th chapter of Luke's gospel, see what stands out. What did you notice? Maybe you had forgotten or maybe you remembered, but it, it means something to you this day because I'm going to ask you and see what feedback I get. But for now, I ask that you hear these words of our Lord. The 19th chapter of the gospel of Luke, beginning at the 28th verse. After saying these things, Jesus went on ahead of them, going up to Jerusalem. He approached Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet. He sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There, as you enter it, you will find a donkey's colt, tied on which no one has ever saddled. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you untying the colt, you will say, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent left and found the colt, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus and they threw their robes over the colt and put Jesus on it. As he rode along, people were spreading their coats on the road as an act of homage before a king. As soon as he was approaching Jerusalem, near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the entire multitude of the disciples, all those who were there or claimed to be his followers, began praising God adoring him enthusiastically and joyfully with loud voices for all the miracles and works of power that they had seen, shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples for shouting these messianic praises. Jesus replied, I tell you, if these people keep silent, the stones will cry out in praise. This is the word of God still speaking today. Thanks. Thanks. A lot going on there in this story that we hear a lot on Palm Sunday, especially. What's something that stood out? Anything stand out for you, David, since close? When you talk about solid, you talk about the stones crying out. The stones would cry out if the people weren't shouting praise. Yeah. Anything else? Such a well-known story. They spread, their they spread their garments on the road. Yeah. And they did that because that's what you do for royalty, the king. In that culture, you 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 took off and you made the way for the king. You know, Jesus. He was ready and he was determined to enter Jerusalem. He knew the powers were against him. The religious leaders were trying to hunt him down, arrest him. He knows that the cross awaits him. But he, if you notice, he directed the events. He was making things happen. 
He was following Father God's will and, and God's plan for his life, no matter the cost to him personally. And also he was publicly declaring himself the Messiah. If you remember in his early in his ministry, he's like, shh, don't tell anyone. He'd heal someone. Don't tell anyone who healed you. But then as the word spread, he finally began. He got these huge multitudes again. He had to get away from the crowds usually. Here, he's embracing it. I am the Messiah. He's accepting not only his disciples, but the public recognition that he is the one that the Old Testament scriptures prophesied, the Messiah to come and release the people. Disciples, they knew what they were doing. They acknowledged the claim that Jesus made. Who do you say I am? You are the Christ. You are the Messiah, Peter said. And then two, it didn't say which two. They went and got that colt. And then when they came back, they took off their own cloaks and they made a saddle out of their own garments for Christ to sit on. The people, like you said, Louise, they took off their coats and laid them in the road. They were acknowledging, here comes the king. They knew they were celebrating that Jesus had the power to do anything. He could bring the kingdom of God to earth, the Messiah that was promised. But they also failed to notice a few things. Jesus came in riding this colt. And that's what Charlene had mentioned at Asbury. I never realized it was a colt. Maybe I just forgot that. A colt, this unridden little donkey. That's why it's called a colt. He's riding this colt coming as the king of peace. He's on this animal that's an animal of burdens. Coming as the king who wanted to bear their burdens, who wants to bear our burdens. And in that culture, that donkey symbolized sacredness. Coming, he was coming to save the people spiritually, not to overthrow the Roman government. They failed to see that he was riding this symbol, this animal that's a symbol of being gentle and meek, kindness. But then Jesus very clearly told those religious leaders who said, tell your disciples to stop doing that. See, in that culture, if you're a teacher, and you have followers, you're responsible for your followers. Stop them from saying that. That's not right. He said, oh, yeah, it is right. If they stop shouting, creation is going to cry out that I am the Messiah. I am the king. There's so much going on with so many people there. Jesus, this is where his life has been pointed to the whole time, this week in Jerusalem. Disciples knowing and understanding that Jesus is the Messiah. What about the owners of that unwritten cult? Someone comes and, hey, why are you untying the cult? The Lord needs it. Okay, well, then have it. They could have said, hey, stop that. Call the police. They're taking my animal. But they did. Then the disciples who fashioned the saddle for Christ to sit in, and the people who threw their coats on the floor as he made his way into Jerusalem. How many people were in the crowd? And you can research it. We don't know for sure. Some say hundreds, some say thousands, but these people were shouting and singing and proclaiming, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. This is 
from Psalm 118, it's well known. In that culture, our psalms that we read, they were used as songs in the, in the church, in the Hebrew church. They still are today. And then the reli religious leaders, they're in there. You better tell them to stop. You knew they weren't happy. People referring to Jesus as the Messiah. But what they were afraid of most is losing their influence, losing their power over those people. And if they would have just taken time to look at their own scriptures, they would have known that the signs pointed to Jesus as the Messiah, but they couldn't see the forest from the trees. And the truth is that all the people here are needed for the story. If any one group was missing, the story would be different. Right? Now, let me give you something else to think about. Where would you place yourself in this story? Which group do you think you belong to most closely today? Not what you idealize, but where you're at today spiritually. Are you a follower of Jesus? You listen to Jesus. You listen to his teachings. You know and you understand that Jesus is the Messiah. He's God's anointed. He's the chosen one. You're the hands and feet of Jesus. You do what Jesus commands. Are you like the owners of the, the cult? You listen to Jesus. You've heard about him. Maybe you're even willing to give something of yours if God asks you to give it. But you want to keep your distance. I really don't like crowds. I, I don't want to get too close to Jesus after all. Maybe you're that true disciple that Michelle shouted out. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to give up what is mine, whatever Jesus needs, so that he can be seen for who he truly is. I, I want to serve him, the Christ, the Son of God. And you understand that following Jesus means we have to give something up. Even your own possessions you're willing to give. They're not off limits. If God says give it, I'm going to give it. That's what I feel God wants me to do. I'm going to take off my coat. I'm going to fit that saddle on that colt for you, Jesus. But that's what you need. You give what God's kingdom needs in offerings and service. Because it's important to you. Not because you feel like you need to, but it's important to you. You know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. That's how you try and live your life. Maybe you say, I don't know if I'm a disciple. I don't like to be called myself a disciple of Jesus. But you still recognize him as, boy, he's, he's someone very important. I know that. And I'm going to get together with other people and I'm going to show him the respect he deserves. Maybe you show up at church and you support it as a way of giving back to God what he has given you. Maybe you're in that crowd. You're excited by what you've heard and what you've seen about Jesus. The world isn't the way you want it, the way you know it should be, and you're ready for change. Come on, Jesus. We need you to overthrow the evil in this world. Solve our problems. There's so many in this world. Blessed is the politician who comes in the name of the Lord. Come on and fix our problems. Maybe you're sometimes like those Pharisees. You don't want anyone to mess with your tradition. This is the way we've always done it. It's fine. There's only one correct way to worship God. 
Tell them, people, they must obey God's law. It's in here. They must obey. What group do you align with most closely this day? And each group in this story, each person in this story is important. They have an important role to play like you and I have an important role to play in God's kingdom. God's plan. God's plan for that day came to fulfillment because of all those people gathered, each one. Jesus set the plan in motion. He gave the directions of what to do and when and how. Maybe it's easiest to, just to see us in that parade, shouting and praying and rooting for Jesus. That's the most easiest. There's lots of people. Perhaps we can see ourselves in some pharisaic moments. We go, shh. Oh, we, don't want to, we don't want to do that. It might offend someone. It might disturb someone. It might cause more trouble. And it's worth it. Now, here's a question. Did anyone place themselves on the donkey with Jesus? Whether it's fear of going down with the ship. Or just fear of being fully seen front and center and being known. We don't like to put ourselves out in the open that often. We don't want to cause a fuss. Certainly not a parade of support. Even when we could really use it. We've got this until we don't. We'll be just fine until we aren't. The truth is that we're all in this life together. We're in this world together with all of other humanity. We need each other. We truly are a group project. God brings us together to follow and to serve Jesus. And the Holy Spirit acts in us and through us and in the world that surrounds us to bring about his plan and his will. Jesus planned and orchestrated that low budget parade into a city where he knew his days were numbered. Get me a colt, not a steed. You'd think a king would want a fine stallion, not a float but a young, not written yet gone. And the people gathered. The friends started shouting these litur liturgical praises, ticked off some of those local priests. Life's hard. And we all need friends. And sometimes big, loud praying that will not be messed with. You know, we were created for interdependency. We need each other. What did God say about Adam back at the very beginning? It is not good for the man to be alone. We need one another. So all of our hiding and pretending that we are perfectly fine. Just leave me alone. It'll be work out. Isn't really the truth. You'll get on that donkey when you need to. And let people lay down their coats in front of you and pray and make noise for you. Because you know you'd do it for them if you were asked. Especially when the chips are down. I haven't talked about one very important part of this story before I close. Anyone notice? I left him out of the groups. We have that little colt. Little unwritten donkey. And he might be the most important part of the story because he bore Christ. 
What can we learn before I close here about this donkey, this little colt? He was serving Christ and being a servant, a faithful servant can at times be a burden. Again, I don't know how much weight a, an unwritten young donkey can carry, but here's this grown man that's sitting on him. That's a burden of some type. And he served Christ by humbly. He wasn't caring that the crowds were praising and yelling for Jesus, not him. He just carried Jesus. And he followed the direction that Jesus wanted him to go. Not where we want to go. We allow Christ to lead us where he wants us to go. Not getting spooked by crowds and noise, the attention. Carrying Jesus Christ into enemy territory. Never asking Christ to get off my back. Come on, get off my back. I'm doing the best I can. Come on, God. And that little donkey was being obedient to the one who holds the reins of his life and ultimately holds the reins of our lives. Timothy Merrill said this. He said, if we can do this and model our lives on the one character in this melodrama that deserves emulation, we will discover the joy that comes from carrying Christ. If we can be like that little donkey, then we'll know the glory of hearing hosannas, the thrill of close contact with Jesus, the excitement of accepting a challenge, and the deep satisfaction of knowing that we're walking in the way of God. There's no better role that we could be asked to perform but to follow God's will for our lives. May you find your way from wherever you are to being one that carries Christ wherever God sends you. Amen.